This is the Barbarian Rhetoric Podcast. Acta non verba. Welcome to another episode of Barbarian Banner. This week it's just CJ and Jimmy G hanging out with me. No extra guest. Maybe next week we'll try and get someone else on. How you? How's it going, guys? <laughs> it's going good. This is a perfect way to start a podcast. I know, yeah. dramatic pause. <laughs> and how are you guys? <laughs> but glad to be here nonetheless. Oh yeah, been waiting on this all day. There we yeah. go. You look more chipper this week. Not as wore out, tired. Got a little pep in your step. Yeah, I'm getting used to back to work. So <laughs> it's a weird thing to say. It feels weird, but yeah. No, this whole week's gone a lot smoother than last week, even though I had to deal with some dumb shit this week. But what well, was it? Pissing and farting? Oh, yeah. It hasn't stopped raining. Well, I was talking about the truck, but yeah. Oh, actually, too. yeah. The... <laughs> well, you guys heard about that. Yeah, I was broke down for a good two hours yesterday and the day before I had a hydraulic leak from the main cylinder, which was it. I didn't notice until I moved my truck and there was a huge puddle of fluid under it. I'm like, yeah, that's not fucking good. Dribble, dribble, dribble. Oh, it was not a dribble. It was a <laughs> so, fun times, but it's all fixed right now. So today it ran great. Thank God. <laughs> You needed a good day until yeah. the next thing goes out. Yeah. I was going to say, uh, my last job I actually did, uh, they had, what was it? Like three foot deep ruts that I had to go into. And luckily I, I pushed the dirt over <laughs> just enough that I could get my truck close to the house so I can hit it. And I was about six inches away from the water main. So I walked the line. <laughs> nice yes well hell i've had a productive week so far it's been busy but i think the, the best thing was um and i talked about this on a the rolling rock brothers podcast a little bit was building a set of bookshelves with my son that was fun took a lot longer than would normally but it was good time lots of learning experiences and we both had a first first time for him to use a circular saw and first time for me to teach someone how to use a circular saw never thought about that before i've never in all my years taught anyone how to use one before so how nervous did that make you zero okay there no anxiety no nervous no nothing it's hey I mean, the whole thing started with safety. I'm yeah. like, you know, we got to change the thing, depth, whatever. You unplug it. We started with safety, sat there and watched them. Um, if you're nervous in a situation like that, that's when people get hurt. Yeah. Well, I mean, I've seen a lot of guys use cir circular saws. <laughs> and <laughs> after seeing some people use them, well, you said depth. That's one thing that like I don't think anybody understands. They like to go in about like an inch deeper than they should, and that's how you get kickback. Yeah, the dumbest shit. But well, you know, it's going through though, right? Yeah. Well, and, th and then the other thing right up on until that you point, hit your tailgate. 
was um, <laughs> I was trying to figure it out on a couple of cuts. Yeah. It kept um, it did kick out on him, and I'm like, "What's going on?" Well, he was looking at the 45 degree notch instead of the zero degree one. So it was he was going at a slight angle. So once that blade got in there, yeah. But he got to experience it. He let his finger off the, you know, it's like, hey, yeah. kicks back. This is what you do. So no, we didn't have to go to the emergency room. So I consider that a success. It's yeah, like it's a win. Yeah. You know, you can always recut wood until it's too short and then you get another piece. You know, iron Measure you once, add. cut twice, right? <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> And what's funny on that is we measured, I got a backing board for it and I wanted it to be three, uh, three feet wide by four foot. That way I only had to do one cut. Yeah. In the process of that, of us going with measurements back and forth, somehow we missed an inch. And so I still ended up having to do two cuts. He's like, well, I'm like, we're not recutting all the shelves. They're all, they're an inch too short. There's nothing we can do about it. We cut the backing piece and I'm like, and this is true carpentry. Now you know why the house isn't square because the guy that built it did the same kind of tactics. I don't know a carpenter. It's like, well, how, how wide was that supposed to be? Well, this is how wide it is. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You say three Bunch. eighths or three quarters. Exactly. <laughs> wait, wait, how many how many threes and a quarter? <laughs> you you meet the dumbest people you thought that didn't exist in construction. Oh yes. Yeah. I, I've been with people that were uh, framing a house and didn't know how to use a tape measure. And they had been working there for nine years. Nice. I can't make this shit up. But they, you... And they built nice houses? Oh, no. Oh, okay. no. It, they, uh, I'm not going to name drop them, but I saw an article about that same company, and there is a town that is about 45 minutes south of me, and they are, they're trying to buy land there and put up their little development. The city is voting them out of there, <laughs> so they can't buy the property and build on there because they're they're terrible the buildings are terrible yeah because uh, a tape measure yeah i worked for an electrician that we got uh contracted out to do all their buildings and you know you go through the house and you would see everything and since i've had a little bit of construction before that you could see that the, their cripple studs were six inches below their headers oops <laughs> How in the <laughs> fuck does that even happen? And why would you put it up? You get your first snowfall, your roof's going to drop. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and I can understand, you know, like six eights, six sixteenths, whatever. You know, like there's all these. I get it. I, that I could understand. Six six whole inches heck I, i'd even buy six centimeters or millimeters but <laughs> Go six Canadian. inches jeez louise oh, oh that scare the hell out of me and i got on those roofs too with them <laughs> i've never been more scared in my whole life like is this whole thing just gonna come down uh, uh at least you're not you know you're not fat so it's okay yeah or were well, you also i was smaller Oh, okay. 
I was before I lifted or did anything. Thing. Oh, those years. Yeah. Wonder why I'm downsizing. No, it was oh. before that. Oh, before oh, okay. that? Yeah. Before, before you really look like hell? <laughs> I want to say I look like hell. <laughs> Have you seen the before and after pictures that I've seen? No, I've never fucking seen them. <laughs> I was like, what are say. you talking about? <laughs> I was like, maybe you need to go back and relook at those. <laughs> Trust me, I've looked worse. You should have saw me right out of high school. That was worse. Well, that was that, 210 you still pounds got hormones going in. Fast food, else. bud. Yeah. So. But uh, for my triumphs this week, man, I've just stayed busy. After work, I've, I mean, while I'm at work, I've, wrote a list of things that I want to get done when I get home and I stuck to those plans and I check them off. So that's been, it's been getting a lot of shit done and being ahead of everything. So you've and, done more in the last week than you did in three months off. Is that what you're saying? I wouldn't say more, but my, I'm using my time a lot more wisely because I have less. <laughs> Which is weird, but I've noticed that whenever you got so much time to do everything, you don't do it. You have little time, you you make sure it gets done because you know you don't have much time. Sounds about right. Yeah, Yeah, there's some there's some rule or some law, I forget what it's called, but a task will take as long as the time allotted. So if you have four hours to do a thing, it will take four hours. If you have 40 minutes to do a thing, magically you can find a way to get that shit done in 40 minutes. True. It's amazing. That how same, that the same task. Yeah, yeah. Do you have anything else, CJ? Or? Uh, for a blunder? Oh, while you're thinking of mine, mine is I downsized my desk this week. I was going to say, you look smaller. I do. <laughs> Both of you are in different seating spots, and it's throwing me the fuck off. <laughs> in different spots, yeah. Throwing off well, your what, mojo. It, it's nice because you can't actually see the mess behind me, but it's driving me insane. It's I got a lot of crap to go through. Uh, now that you say that, I have uh, a bunch of clean laundry sitting under my feet that I haven't done. So I put that off so I could sleep. So. It's a blunder in itself, but I rather have my sleep and I don't give a fuck. <laughs> yeah, fair. Yeah. Uh, for a Triumph, uh, there's some career work things rolling that have, it's kind of cool. One's happening and one, I mean, uh, and another one's a potential opportunity. Um, but eat, both of them are, sort of from a taking charge perspective of things uh, with what's some things that are going on at work. So it's like, all right, do I want to sit and wait and be picked for the dodgeball team? Or do I want to take charge and kind of take more control of my destiny? So, and then of course, you know, a lot of good things come about from that, but it's like, it all hits all at the same time, but it's a good problem to have. So I'll take it. Uh, and now that I think about it, I realized I'm supposed to reach out to somebody about that and totally forgot about that. Forgot so about that's, that's the that's <laughs> There's your blunder. Yeah. <laughs> hey, I'm that's glad we could I remind remember. you. Yeah, so after this, uh, 
I'll make sure to reach out to them. But uh, yeah. And like you mentioned, uh, the, the Rolling Rock podcast, that was, was good to be on that. Uh, lots of fun to be a part of that. I wasn't sure how that was going to roll. And I'm yeah, you missed grateful it, for CJ. that opportunity. Are they going to have us have you guys back on so I can join next time? No, actually, they're going to come hang out with us on the next go around. Well, they're not invited. They're not invited. I'm just fucking with you. <laughs> <laughs> no, they're going to come on Barbarian Banner with us here probably in a couple weeks. Awesome. So awesome. we'll work it out, get them over here, have some fun, get them answering some questions. They had some good, solid questions for us. So I'm thinking when they come over here, we're just going to have to have a bunch of humorous, perverted, um, off the wall, nothing serious type questions them i, I think that down with that, that okay that's where we'll go with it we'll just go to the we'll start right off in the gutter and work our way through it <laughs> so if they're live, listening man. to us yeah scott jerry just be prepared <laughs> yes so hell well you ready to try these questions yeah, it's going to be a little different. You got them this time. Yeah, I got them this time. I, I picked some. I know I'm not as good as CJ at this, but you'll have to put up with me. So the first one, buying new books, when to stop. <laughs> Ooh, Let me know. You got Let me know who does this. Because <laughs> I got so many that i haven't read and i keep buying more you know it, it you know i was i was thinking about this the other day and i can't remember if it was on a podcast or if i was talking with someone or what it was but it's like you know self-help books how many do you really need didn't we ask this question yeah it, yeah we talked we, about was it here it was i couldn't yeah. remember okay. okay but that leads into another thing it's like and it could be in, on anything, you know, uh, serious, fun, fantasy, whatever. It's like we keep buying these books. Now, on one hand, I'm going to throw this. I like going on Amazon Prime and catching free books because I can read the first one or whatever, and then I can decide. Well, I went through like three or four books this week because I read the first couple of chapters, and it was like the story didn't grab me, and it pretty much sucked. Mm-hmm. No, I'm not one of the asses that goes and leaves a bad review because I only read 20 pages of the yeah, book. Yeah. It might get I disagree better. with the first five sentences. Fuck <laughs> this book. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but it's like, so that's advantageous, but it's like I have, I can think of two books in the last, uh, say last six months that I read the first free one and I liked the story. I liked the writing so well. I bought the next book in line. So they hooked me, you know, and that's part of the whole, whole deal with handing out the free books is to hook you on the second one, but it's like a couple there. And I've looked at some other books and I have my list of books on Amazon and I just keep adding books to it, but I've been real slow on the uptake for buying any. I think I've gotten better in the last years because I used to have a stack of 10, 20 books. And it's like That's pretty much I, what I got. And it's like the new flavor of the month. Hey, let's read this. Let's read this. I need to read this now. Well, if you don't have a whole lot of time to read, 
So I have cut back extremely. It's I got to have like six people suggest it to me and tell me that it's worthwhile. And then I may consider buying it. Yeah, I'll I'll make a list. So I've got a what I've started doing, I don't know, maybe a year ago is keep a book list. So as I hear of things, <clears throat> I'll throw a book on the list. It's through Amazon Prime, but I'll, I'll throw the book on that list. And sometimes there'll be deals on them where they're free or they're, you know, hey, for this week only or whatever. Right. They're 99 Get them for 90 cents. cents. Yep. Yeah. It's like, okay, I'll go ahead and buy them you know, or even two bucks, like, you know, whatever, if they're on, on sale in some way, shape or form, I may just go ahead and get them just because, you know, what are the odds of getting a book for a buck again? So, um, so I'll do that. But so in that sense, I have a stack of books and whether they're, you know, actual books or, or uh, Kindle on, on my Kindle, they'll just sit there. But yeah, there's, there's a point at which you, it's like I can't read, uh, can't I can't read them all. So it's that's that's an easy solution. It's just at least I have a list of books that I want to read somewhere, rather than having a stack of books. And I also have a stack of books <laughs> that I need to read. But it's you know uh, at least this way I can keep. Because to your point, it's you know you hear about somebody's talking about a book today but I'm already reading two books or whatever. And it's like, you know what? I'm just not. So I'll just like, screw it. I'll just throw it on this list in that way. At least it's there. And every once in a while I'll flip through it if I need a book, but lately I wish they allowed on Amazon and they might, I just haven't found it is I would like to put a priority list, Hmm. you know, Hey, someone suggested this book, put it on there. Now I got three other people suggesting this book. I'll move it up the list to the closer to the top because I'll sit there and I'll scroll. Cause I yeah. think I got like 50 books on my Amazon list to buy. And it's like, well, what mood am I in or what am I looking for? Let me see what's been suggested. And it'd be neat if you could put a priority list together and be like, Oh, I want to buy a new book. I don't have anything to read. Number one, let's buy it. I was going to yeah. say I'm kind of a little bit different. Uh, I don't have anywhere to put my books right now, but if I did, I would have a large shelf and I just want to have a large bookshelf mostly <laughs> just so like, I mean, eventually my kids can, you know, go yeah, through yeah. it. And then, cause I, I don't know, I have a feeling that they're going to go away from physical books and I want to have them, <laughs> especially there's a lot of books I want to get rid of like history books and you know, it's controversial and shit like that. I want to have those type of things eventually, even if I'm not going to read them for five to 10 years, I still want to have them. And like I said, right now, I just kind of got them laying everywhere. Cause there's, I, I don't have room currently, but in my next place I will have room. And that's one of my priorities. Yeah. When I moved in and I thought this house I would live in forever, I started building the library and then along the line, when I decided no, then I started selling off my collection, you know, but it's like, I, I, where was I at? I was like damn near 10,000 books. So, I mean, when I had a library, I, uh, I have a freaking library. I mean, 
I own like almost every, well, and I quit a few years back, but it was like at one point I owned every Forgotten Realms and Dragonlance book. Some of them duplicates just because I picked them up for 10 cents. And it's like, do I really need all these? And I read them all, you know, it's, I've, it's like, I still have hundreds left. Now they're going into boxes again because I'm taking the shelves down, getting some other work done. But it's like, okay, which books do I want to hang on to? That's what I'm trying to decide. If I could only take 10 books, what 10 would they be? So like you're thinking, CJ, uh, you're right. There's certain books that are not going to make it. And it's like, all right, if I could only have one box of books, what would I want to be in it? And I have a small selection of ones that I'm like, yep, those should go with me. It is interesting, though. I know, like, some places, uh, what's Vox Day's publishing house? Is it Castellia or what? It's something along those lines. Anyway, Vox Day, he started a publishing company and they're coming out with a library of book, the, the something, something library, but it's basically a lot of the classics, leather bound, right? Because they don't, really make those anymore and but it's like you know whether it's uh huck finn or the last of the mohicans to you know the iliad or the odyssey you know just like a wide range i forget they cover a whole bunch of stuff but it's like these sort of classic editions leather bound you know with gold and you know uh just to have that sort of um you know, bring some of that back to, to be more heirlooms when books were more like heirlooms or something you could pass, you know, pass down to your, through your family, you know, you had this edition of this book or this second edition of this, you know, and, uh, and, you know, there's something to be said for that, but at the same time, there's, there's, uh, you know, you definitely need to clear out some of the, you know, we all have crap that we could get rid of right so it's like you definitely need to because otherwise it's just taking up space and it's amazing how much of that stuff takes up space in your own head too i was gonna say but i i started my collection not that long ago so i do not have quite as many as fucking nathan's nerd ass (laughs) yeah yeah. (laughs) Yeah. but i want to get like you know quite a few a hundred wouldn't be bad honestly see that'd be good that's like to me that's like a couple boxes yeah i was gonna say i have probably one box currently yeah that's the in in your picky and choosing and it's not just whatever you know it's it's like how many times but part of the reason i started collecting books is because around I want to say the late 90s. No, it was later than that. During the 2000s, specifically like 2005 to 2008, because I needed reading material on post. (laughs) That's how I, is new books were crap. So I started rereading everything that I read back, like from the library and stuff in junior high and high school and things. And it's like, well, I keep rereading this book. I might as well start buying it. Or 
I bought this book in the series and I want to go back and figure out what this was talking about. So I'll go buy that one too. And that's how a lot of the collection grew. It's like, especially with, with the fantasy series, it's like, I've read all these books, but now I want to have a copy of them. And that's why I started buying them. And it's, that's the same with like uh, eBooks. There's a lot of times I'll buy an eBook and I'm like, this is good enough to buy the paperback. I want a hard copy of this. So, and I have two or three books like that. So, and that's a good point too. There are some things that you definitely want as a hard copy and whether it's to make notes or to whatever, but some, there are, there is something about a physical object, right? Rather than pixels on a Kindle. Well, and then your phone, it's hard for me to read that way on a Kindle. Oh yeah. I mean, I don't have a Kindle, but I have the Amazon was, I think it's a Kindle, but it's on my phone. App. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. The phone sucks. The Kindle's better because it's actually page size in my yeah. opinion. So it's easier. The phone app though. It's like, I mean, that's hard though, to read still though. I don't, I don't think I could bring myself to actually reading a Kindle. I don't think I would ever use it. Yeah. Yeah. You're better off with paperback anyway. That's why in I my stick opinion. to it. Yep. And yeah. I'd rather have hardcover, but you're paying 20 bucks more for it. And then something else that I've noticed, and I mean, you see it in the Twitterverse and other places. It's like, I want to help this author out and I'm going to buy his book. Well, are you going to, one, are you going to read it? Do you want to read the book? Or are you just trying to help him out financially? Because my thought is PayPal the guy 10 bucks. Because then he'll really get 10 bucks, not the $3 or whatever that he got off of, you know, after all the costs, the bookmaking and advertising and whatever. Because, you know, if uh, if you're buying a book from an author on Amazon, about 70% of it or 60 or 70% of it goes to Amazon. They only get 40% of it. So if you really want to hit the author up, send him some money via PayPal. And then if you want to read the book later okay, grab it then. But that one makes me chuckle. And that goes back to Cub Scouting days when I sat down and did the math and figured out because they always had popcorn sales every year. And I was like, it costs me more money to help him sell popcorn so he can have free camps than if I just paid it out of my pocket. Yeah. And when I did the math and I figured it out, it's like, well, on one hand, he's learning how to do sales and doing stuff and everything. But when it became a chore and I had to fight with them over everything, it's like, it's cheaper to pay this out of my pocket than it is to drive around and gas and everything else. It's like, it's not worth it at that point. So haven't walked door to door. What are you doing? <laughs> and nobody's home. <laughs> Hell. All right. Would you rather be forced to live the same day over and over again for a full year or take three years off the end of your life? Do we get to pick the day? Let's say a normal day. It's not shitty. It's not awesome. It's just an average day. We can even go with it's mundane. Maybe a little bit of excitement. But here's the thing. If you get to live each day, 
you can make it more exciting or less. You know, it's like a Groundhog's Day. Each day is going to be a little bit different because you could change things, learn stuff, maybe even learn a new language. It's the same day, but you can do different things. Yeah, yes. I'm going to go with that one. <laughs> I'm going to keep those three years, but I'm going ha- to live the same day for a whole year. Do some fucked up shit. <laughs> <laughs> Same day for a year. So. I'm dropping my or life lose. savings on some dumb shit. Or lose three. <laughs> or you know what? With your luck, CJ, you dump that money, win like a billion dollars in um freaking um Oh, we'll send Vegas. it to you tomorrow. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah, you, then- you you win it in Vegas and then you wake up in the morning and you're right back to Yeah. I need to get the Vegas quicker then. Shit. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah. Uh, being 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 up there in years, you know, who knows how many years I actually have left. So there's definitely part of me that wants to take the year, um, even if it's just the same day over and over. Um, Man, to not the, lose the three days aren't that bad though. Yeah, yeah. To not lose the three, so I'd probably take the year. Yeah. See, I always thought in, when I read the question, I thought a Groundhog's Day. I'm yeah. Like, yeah. Yeah. I could do a Groundhog's Day. I would. Do I kind of feel like stuff. I do that a lot. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. For, for a moment, though, I was thinking more on the three. Take the three years. Because in a lot of ways, and and here was my thinking behind it. I, I, I'll stick with my original answer that I'll live the year. Because um, for that, really, it's do I want, you know, I don't want to cut three years off, at least as of right now, a, away from my girls in a lot of ways. On the flip side of that, though, for a brief moment in my head, I thought take the three years because in some ways, if you knew that death was coming that much sooner, whatever that means, um, right. Then you kind of would that, wouldn't that light a fire under your ass to do some, try and do some. That's a good point. Significant stuff. But you could also miss out on some significant shit that you would (laughs) see if you were there for those three years. Like maybe you die when your grandkids are 20 so you never got no, to see it, them graduate absolutely high that's school. kind of why again that's why i'm not, i don't want to shortchange that so that's why i was going with the i'll take a year now instead of three years later but like well, i said for a brief moment that's where i was going on the three-year side years. which okay if you think of Groundhog's Day, because most of us have seen that movie or a version of that movie. I've actually never seen it. Well, it, it <laughs> that's why I said or possibly a version of it, because they've made other ones. Uh, I, that doesn't surprise me, CJ. Um, is it almost, the, I, and how I look at it myself, it's a Hinduistic thought. I could go drive a car fast, wouldn't care if I get pulled over. I could go, I could go jump off a building. I could, you know, you could do, it's very Hinduistic and all the stuff. Oh, I want to go party. All right, let's go try stuff. You know, it doesn't matter. Cause it's like, 
I'm going to repeat the day over anyway. You're going to say, I'm going to go drag racing. <laughs> yeah, there you go. You know, it's like skydiving without a parachute. Yeah, I'm good. I still wouldn't do that. <laughs> Even if I did live, I, I yeah, I'm cool. <laughs> <laughs> but whereas where, where you're going with the Jimmy, that, that's more of a long version look at life. You know, yeah. it's like, and eh, we won't go for the party time, but I, I can see your point on that. It would light a little bit of fire. It's like, I got three less years. I need to get some other stuff done. It'd be, yep. it'd probably end up being more productive. Cause if I was doing every day, I would probably waste a good six months just doing stupid fun stuff. <laughs> <laughs> And then I'd be like, oh, I probably should learn something. <laughs> yeah, and that uh, 365th day, yeah. something goes wrong. <laughs> <laughs> that would be that'd be the luck. You thought you weren't getting three years, you're not getting the next 25. <laughs> 25, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> what? It's 366 days? Damn, I need my parachute. <laughs> Splat. Oh, Duck, leap year over. I'm good. Nope, it was a leap year. I'm good. <laughs> but yeah. <sighs> what do you got next? What do I have next? All right. Can fake people truly help others out with sound advice? It's like the people that are single trying to give people in relationships advice. <laughs> <laughs> you know if they're repeating good advice if they can spin it brand it do it better can it help people out or do later on when people um realize that they are fake or they're not who they say does it destroy all that sorry i missed the question what was it it is can fake people truly help others out with sound advice Mm. Broken clocks, right? Twice. <laughs> Twice. <laughs> A day. I mean, even even the worst type of people know some things that you wouldn't know. And that's pretty much just saying exactly what you said, but with people. But <laughs> <laughs> I mean, but nine times out of ten, you're not going to listen to them, even if they are right. Because if if you feel that that person's fake, you're not really going to take their advice, are you? I mean, I know I wouldn't. I know there's people I know that even if they gave me good advice, in my head is like, do I really want to listen to this motherfucker? Right. Well, but now here here's the other thought: you it, when you first get it or you're first interacting with them, you don't know that you have a fake persona going on, especially online. You know, across the Twitterverse, across the IG, across any social media. So we're talking about those fake gurus. Yeah, you got fake gurus going on or, yeah. And it doesn't even necessarily got to be a fake guru. It can be even, you know, a lower key. You just got guys, they spend their lives that they're this great or that you can do this or whatever. And then you meet them and it's like they don't practice what they preach. Well, there's a lot of people that uh, rehash exactly what people have been saying over and over again. So are they wrong? No. Even if they don't practice it, are they wrong? No. 
they just need to practice what they preach, but it doesn't mean that it's wrong advice. And how do you differentiate that? I don't know. (laughs) Well, I think in, in, I I think they can, I think a fake per it's, you know, it's a little bit of fake it till you make it and they can keep telling them sometimes they can tell themselves or when they're talking and then, but on the flip side, if you're the one on the receiving end of it, I think you have to be strong enough to realize that it, if the advice is good, if it's solid information, take what you can from it and run with it. No matter if you come to find out later that the guy was a fraud or not. It's like if that helped you, made you stronger, better, faster, whatever. Um, I mean, even on the fitness realm of things, you know, go to that side. There's so many fake gurus on YouTube trying to preach all kinds of stuff to make a buck. They're all natty too. Yeah. <laughs> Mike O'Hearn. <laughs> but at the same time, if listening to whoever helped you get lifting, helped you get stronger, helped you start getting your nutrition in order, even though, you know, oh, you can do this as a natty and you find out all along he's running gear or whatever, did it really change the fact that you changed your body? No. So. That's where I'm going with with that one. It's like, just because they're dishing out, you know, don't always, if if you're improving yourself, don't allow them to bring you down if you find out they're not who they say they are. I mean, most of your heroes are probably not exactly who you think they are. Isn't that usually what every story is? It's a good point too. Well, and it, you know, it, it it's hard right it, it because it, it, you know on one level in my head i'm thinking okay real recognizes real so there's you know you can kind of smell if you know your bullshit meter starts going off if somebody's giving you advice that seems off or doesn't there's things that don't square right or if you ask some questions and you get some answers and maybe you don't know everything or but you know enough right but it's it's another thing too i think to your point um sometimes hearing a similar message a different way whether the person's fake or not hits you at the right time or in the right moment in the right way it's like well yeah great you know and and it ends up working so i think you know, a fake person can certainly provide some good advice, but, you know, there are some conditions around that, I think, where, you know, like, like some optimal delivery scenarios, right, to receive that, you know, and it doesn't come off like fake bullshit. Like, it, that assumes a lot, but, but I think it's certainly possible, you know, people people you don't like people you're not inspired by can have an inspiring thought now and again. And that's certainly it. That's at least possible now, whether or not, you know, how often does that happen and all that stuff. But to answer the question, I think it's, it's possible, but it's slim. Yeah. (laughs) Slim shady. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) All right. 
you can have one car. Money is not an object. What would it be? 1969 Boss Mustang. 302. Wow. Yes, sir. And I'm on the exact opposite. I'm 69 Camaro SS. Ooh. Yeah. Those are good fucking years, bud. <laughs> Black with the white racing stripes. I'm going to go blue with the white racing stripe. Ooh, that would look good. It's like that dark. Navy, like dark navy blue, yeah. Mm-hmm. I know which. I know exactly which one. That that that's like a most things would be a close second, but the Camaro wins out. And right next to it is a Cobra. Both of them from the same year. Yeah, you you can only have one though. So yeah, well, I don't pick. care. You got to pick. <laughs> Go with a Mustang because it's more beefy. <laughs> you know, my brain actually went to like an eighty. Or something like that, Chevy Blazer, or like maybe even a seventy-something Chevy Blazer. Where are you, you can, talking the, the one original where you, the, off? where you can take the top off? Oh, those, those you're talking the big boy, which I yeah. want to say was late seventies, early eighties before they downsized it. Yeah, yeah, and and yeah, you could rip off the top, and so it'd be like a pickup slash convertible. Uh huh. Um, but it was, and it's like the one in my head is like, uh, it's white, it's two tone, it's white in like a sort of a silvery or metallic <sighs> blue, baby blue, metallic and white. Like, um, I think it's ugly as fuck. <laughs> it is, but there's something about it. I, it's, I know a guy in high school who had one, and it was just. Something about it. I'm going to be real. I think my dad owned one for two years. Whenever it was like, like 2002, he had it and sold it. And he's a Ford guy. So it was one of those things like, what, what is happening? Are you okay? Yeah, what are you, what are you Do doing? I need to take you to a doctor? <laughs> I know you're not that old, but what the fuck? <laughs> but yeah, that's uh that's actually originally what popped in my mind. I mean, I I like I love both of your choices. I think those are fantastic. Uh, you know, you could throw any of those cars in there. Yeah, Firebirds. I was gonna say what what was going on in America that <laughs> made them want to make cars in those years so fucking amazing. Sixty nine peaked. What's interesting uh, there in that whole era is the guys knew they had good cars. I think that yeah. was the other thing that changed. You know, there was some cooler cars from the fifties and stuff, but they were more family oriented. They were suave, but they were but, not like what well, when the seventies rolled around, like or not seventies. When the sixties rolled around, everybody was in a race car mindset. You had all these kids that had grown up next to their dads working on cars. Everybody, there was a mechanic every other house. Mm. You know, there's shade trees. It was a mechanic culture. Um, you had you. I mean, you had the war going on, but at the same time, you had stuff going on back here, and we were very industrial at the time. And I think everything just lined up, and people wanted fast. They wanted hard. the The gas was cheap, and it was go time and play time. Because as the '70s rolled around. 
all the fun cars started to go away and those same people started buying the family cars and then they decided to make them into boxes which i never understood that but 80s cars pretty much just it was depressing you want to know what's depressing 90s mustangs yeah well and i think too right there there's a couple there's an there's a couple i mean you're you're absolutely right nathan i mean but you think about it generally generationally right so you know the kids in the 50s teenagers in the 60s or you know older or mid late teens early 20s yeah. yeah they're they you know they had money even more so than their parents in a way mm-hmm. um they were so they're younger so it is about power speed you know some of that stuff so that's why you have not only the court corvettes and mustangs and camaros and firebirds but you also have gtos yep you know chargers challengers nova chevelles yeah everybody yeah. have the all big those three was huge yeah and it but you know it was catering to that sort of market right i mean you know you think of even the early 60 what 64 60 was it 65 when the mustang came on like yep. such such a radical car design given the cars that were built in the 50s you know my my dad still has a 50 57 58 chevy Bis, bel-air or biscayne or something nice. and it's it's like sweet ride like it's yep you know it's it's stellar oh. but um but then you you know you, you hit the 70s and those people are having families you, they need the family car again. That's who they're yep. selling to. Need to have a back seat. And the, the other <laughs> exactly. Thing, like, and then you think about it too. Trunk. Fuel econ- Well, and yeah, yeah. But there's fuel economy. All, you know, especially I know in the late seventies is, and certainly into the eighties, it was about you know the, the whole gas crisis. And uh, you know, yep. I I don't necessarily remember that too much, but I re- do remember long lines at the gas station. And there's all those wonky things where if your address ends in X, then you can go get gas kind of thing in yep. a lot of places. So it's, um, but then, so then you, how do you right? then all these automakers are kind of screwed because how do I, you know, we have this gas guzzler of, a Mustang. Well, think or just look at the boats that they started building. Oh yeah, that yeah. Line for the family cars, the old Tornados, Chevy the Impalas. And because, oh yeah, yeah. everything about was as huge. Long as my driveway. Yeah. Uh-huh. <laughs> you could sleep in the trunk. Yep. Like totally. four people. <laughs> yep. And it's you know, and so then you get to these, you know, so then that's where you come out with, and then Asian cars like Honda. Dots and Toyotas come on the market like the original Honda Accord could fit in the closet, kind of, you know. <laughs> yes. And so then that's where you it's like so fuel economy matters. So then all of a sudden you get Chevettes and you get the Escorts. stupid Mustang with a four cylinder, yeah, yep. and ultimately escorts and all these other things that <laughs> it's just a pile of garbage. <laughs> Well, and then the um, other thing that killed cars, in my opinion, was safety. As dumb as that, uh, they started adding, it's like it needed this aluminum. safety feature. It needed this well, safety in feature. The, needed this in safety a, feature. To make, well, in so many ways, right? To, to how do you keep fuel economy when shit's made out of steel? 
Right. Well, let's go to aluminum. Well, now we have a car that's basically like a tin can, uh, uh, an aluminum can Damn. that I can crush with my one hand. So yeah, now we need to add all these other things, which makes the car heavier to make it again. to yeah, make it yeah. safer because we made it lighter <laughs> because we needed to do the you know yeah never any bullshit yeah and then that everything now everything's computers so if anything breaks down you can't fix it you have to take it to a shop and that costs you two grand yep. if, yeah at least yeah easily. That was one of the reasons why I went with the 2013 F-150 is because it was the last year they had the steel bodies. Ah, there we go. Just keep rebuilding it. I can't wait to put my exhaust on it. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I was gonna say with the exhaust it's got on now, it doesn't it doesn't make a sound, but the Roush uh, exhaust yeah, sounds yeah. mean as hell. Sure. Wants to make that noise. See, uh, oh yeah, I I remember when I was your age. I liked that that noise. Now I want quiet. <laughs> Unless it's a Harley, I want quiet. Well, it's not like Harley loud. It's in between. I know quiet. that, but that's what I'm saying. If I'm going noisy, it'll mm. be sitting on a loud Harley. Yeah. yeah Other yeah. than that, I just <laughs> want quiet. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Uh-oh. Would you rather be a genius everyone thinks is an idiot or an idiot everyone thinks is a genius? <laughs> I almost said that straight face, but CJ's laughing too hard. <laughs> everyone thinks. Would you rather be a genius everyone thinks is an idiot or an idiot everyone thinks is a genius? Don't most I, of the genius die when, when they before they die? They people usually think they're fucking nuts, and then they die, and they're like, "Oh, this guy was actually a genius." <laughs> That'd be like Tesla, yeah, yeah. But yeah, now, here's the second part. He's from of Mars, you know that, right? Yeah. <laughs> if if you're an idiot that everyone thinks is a genius, would you even realize you that you aren't? No, you're convinced you're a fucking genius. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I know those people, by the way. <laughs> Wally Coyote. <laughs> Assuming that you truly are a genius, but everyone thinks you're an idiot. I think I would, I would go that route. I feel like You'd that be... way would be a little bit more solitary, though. Because a, a lot of these people that claim high IQ are the most socially fucking awkward people I've ever met my whole life. I'm not saying that they're an idiot, but they come off as hard to have a conversation with. Would an actual genius be like that? I would say yes. That would be a rough life to live, man. Yeah. I I think they're, so uh, they uh, another friend explained it to me this way think of a you know a, like a harvard grad top of the class or, or not even necessarily like, but like a doctor mm-hmm. a brain neurosolo- uh, a neurologist or whatever neurology yeah <laughs> he's way up here and then mm-hmm. you got a guy that yeah. has never he, he graduated eighth grade and has never learned anything past that 
these two guys are so far apart in their intellectual level that they cannot communicate because they don't have anything in common. He can't see the common sense, whatever he might. And, and the eighth grader might be, you know, hunter, gather, farmer, whatever, living just a fine life, not an idiot, but he doesn't, the knowledge level is so far apart. They don't have any common ground to meet, but you take a guy that had some college or he graduated basic college or whatever, he can go either way. He's, he's not the hunter, ga- hunter guy, you know, that can go out and just live off the land, but he's, and he's not the guy that can go, Hey, but he knows enough about the sciences that he can talk to the doctor, but at the same time, he's got enough country in him type that he can talk to the guy that just goes out and hunts and works his land. So both of these guys are specialists, and then you got the average Joe in between, and that's how I always explain. So a lot of geniuses, they can't even comprehend why you don't understand because to them it's this, it's that simple. It's like, yeah. oh, da-da-da-da-da-da-da. How can you not see the Matrix? Yeah. Yeah. So. Yeah, I, but the reason for me saying I'd, I'd take the genius who's perceived as an idiot is i think there's a lot of there's a lot of stealth in that there's a lot of concealment in that in the best possible sense sense you know my plans are mine you think i'm an idiot okay great when i'm ruler so you're of gonna all be the, oh, oh, the ruler of the world <laughs> you got pinky in the brain going on here. yeah 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 what are we exactly gonna do but it's yeah Take, take over the world. <laughs> Same yeah. thing we do every day. <laughs> but you know, I. Um, but just generally speaking, right? It's it, you know, you would be, you would be underestimated in in any endeavor, and then, you know, magically come out on top one way or another. Even though people may think it's stupid luck or it's other circumstances unrelated to me i think at the end of the day i think that'd be a better way to it may be lonely but i don't know there's something appealing about the both the underdog nature of that but then also like i said there's there's concealment because then people don't think what i'm doing is is anything when it really is so you want to be like Axe, but everybody thinks you're an idiot. <laughs> yes. Yes. <laughs> Underestimate me you know all what? the time. I just want to say this. That last scene in the last episode was so fucking amazing. Holy <laughs> shit. Holy oh, first shit. First season, right? Yes. Yes. Yeah. Oh, my God. I was like, I was like on the edge of my scene. Like, oh, my God. What else are I going to say? <laughs> Yeah, it and, is. And for people wondering, we're talking about the show Billions. Jimmy, and you guys the, are welcome. <laughs> yeah, I'm hooked. Yeah, I, so it has to be a freaking hour long show too. <laughs> <laughs> it's not the 45 minutes. No, it's the whole hour. Yeah, yeah. Prime Where are you at, Nate? I got all the first three done. Ah, okay. Jesus Christ! What are you doing yeah. with your life? <laughs> I took a little break from social media. 
<laughs> I mean, to be honest, I needed a break and it filled the, the gap left behind. Yeah, it's it's good. And the way it ends is... This the, is keep, I'm guessing it keeps season. getting better. Yeah. All right. Don't tell me anymore because I just I'm finished thinking, the first I, season. I, I think the third... The third reveled the um, first season. Second season was slow. Okay. Right. I, but it was good. It's just I think that if I were to pick right now, first was awesome, then the third, and then it would be second. But we're, we're talking all within a point of two, not like season two sucked. It was still good. I'm yeah, looking I think the forward first to half of five. The first half of season three is definitely on the – it's a slow burn. Yeah. Then it picks Because there's up. lots of there's lots of things, but then once it gets rolling, like it build it definitely builds from the back half on into the through the third season. season. Or to set up the third season and then the third season's yeah. Yeah. All right, not to throw this whole thing off since we're gonna go on that tangent. You said there was some chick in the first season that you hated, or is this in the second one? No, who I, she shows up in the second. Okay, I was yeah. gonna say I was like I liked all of them. I yeah, thought they were, they actually played their part. It was fucking amazing. Oh no, and she's a good actor. She okay. plays a role well. I yeah, yeah. It's it's early on in season two. It maybe okay. the yeah, first or second. She doesn't become a a really a main character till later in the season. Okay, yep. yeah, but I think it's an effective way, like. It's it's one of the few times where her that type of character is presented in the least contrived, forced manner. You'll yeah. get when you watch it, you'll understand what I'm talking about. What I'm talking about. I, I think about, I, yeah. We won't ruin it for you. We'll let you discover say. it on your own. I don't need any more fucking spoilers from you. <laughs> <laughs> but it's a fantastic Hold show. On. We'll have to Let talk write about a it note. these times. Let's send a clip <laughs> from Daily. season four. Yeah. No, season two. We'll, we'll oh, send oh, season, yeah, yeah, two season two once. Two. Yeah, we'll yeah. do season two. But yeah, it's... um, <laughs> Yeah, that scene is good. <laughs> But anyways, I want to be an idiot who everyone thinks this is a genius. <laughs> Fair enough. You'll be more social. Everybody loves me, man. And a lot of money. Fuck yeah. IG whore. Hey, it's going to be easier, honestly. Because yeah. <laughs> you can say about anything. If everyone thinks you're a genius, they're going to take you at your word. Hey, buy well, this. Who knows? You can m- make stuff happen. As a result, you ain't got to be a genius to be a I don't business know. man. When, yeah. Is, well, I mean, nowadays it's question, you can push anything. Is, is Bidden considered a genius in any way, shape, or form? Who? Bidden? Our Joe current Biden. president. <laughs> you said Bidden? Bidden, yes. Bidden, whatever his name is. Biden? Biden. There we go. Yeah. <laughs> That's how much I know right now and not care. <laughs> Wait, did you say an idiot? <laughs> <laughs> no, I asked you, does he have any genius qualities? I was talking it- about you, genius. Because, <laughs> <laughs> you know, it's like, is he an idiot? Uh, he doesn't really act like a genius. Is he a genius because he's in there? Man. Does he? Well, <laughs> Or does he just want everyone to think that? 
You think George W. is probably the smartest president we ever had? <laughs> I think he's smarter than he led people on to be. I would agree with that. But that's not to say he was a genius, but I'm not saying that. <laughs> Wait, did he really ch- about die by choking on a pretzel? Is that a true story? I hadn't heard that. Okay. Well, if anybody knows what I'm talking about, let me know. <laughs> Leave a comment. Leave a comment. I did. I, one of my favorite videos ever is watching the person throw their shoes at him. Yeah. Yeah. In Iraq. <laughs> yeah. That's an priceless. insult. Yeah. Isn't that like one of the top insults they have there or something? Yeah, I think so. Something like that. Yeah. Yeah. What an interesting insult. Thought he had good moves, though. He's quick. Yeah. <laughs> for an old dude shit. <laughs> He's got some quicks. When if you can to. dodge a shoe, you can dodge a ball. <laughs> oh, uh, on that note. Yes. It would have been hell. perfect for average Joe's gym. <laughs> oh. What is the biggest mistake you Wait, ever you didn't made answer. with money? What me? I said yeah. genius. Oh, you might. I'd have just go. Said I, it. Yeah, I want to go the genius route. I'm a nice solitary. J- Jamie, he, he 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 locked it in for me when said solitary. I'm like, yeah, I could handle that. I could be a yeah. very solitary fe- person. I'm gonna throw parties for a living. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> okay, wags. <laughs> I'm not carrying your fucking books around, though. <laughs> uh, oh, such hell. a good character. I want to keep talking about this, but let's go. <laughs> yeah, let's yeah, go. Yeah. Episode What's the 50. worst mistake? What? <laughs> what is the biggest mistake you ever made with money? <laughs> There's that one time at a strip club. No. I, almost, I thought you were going to say band camp. <laughs> <laughs> and in your case, it'd be like, well, what did yeah. happen? <laughs> yeah, there are stories. Um, biggest mistake with money. As goofy as this is, it ended up turning into a life lesson. Is I and I was still in my teens. I was still, yeah, I was like, well, I might have been 20, but I was like 19 or 20. And this guy I knew worked with him and stuff and everything. And he, he needed some extra cash. And he was like, hey, do you got a couple hundred bucks? And I was short on cash, but I'm like, yeah, I'll help you out, but pay me Friday. You know, payday. Friday never came. And that's when I learned when if I loan money, don't ever expect it back. Mm. And I go with that's probably my biggest mistake. And it's like, yeah. Because at the time, yeah, I was tight on cash being a kid. mm. Yeah. Uh, I was going to say um, mine was, I wouldn't say directly. I mean, yeah, I got into a shitload of debt right out of high school because I went to college. I never paid for it. I had like uh, loans from the state that I never paid back right away. Um, had, had a bunch of things rack up. And then I turned 
25 and realized I had shit credit. <laughs> so I yeah. paid everything back and now finally have a decent score. But yeah, no one told me about that, <laughs> that you're going to need a credit score sometime in your or life. to pay off your debts. Yeah, yeah. Like I had a Mediacom bill from three years. <laughs> that was over a thousand dollars. Like who's <laughs> who the hell has a Mediacom bill for over a thousand dollars? I did. <laughs> no. That was a that was a good lesson learned. So now every single thing I have a uh, loan, anything like that, I make my payments over the amount and before the time it's due. So that was a great lesson. Should mm-hmm. never have had to learn it that way, but sometimes learning it the hard way is the only way you could learn it, and that's what I had to do. Yeah, I think I mean, it had similar, uh, similar sort of experience. You know, you just rack up debt, and then, like an idiot, I did drum corps where you're on the road and can't work, so it's like I have even a few hundred bucks of credit card debt. <laughs> not paid off is you know sucks you know isn't good kind of thing when you or when you can't work or i'm on the on tour all summer long and you can't work it's like yeah it, but it's just not not thinking of those things right or thinking ahead it's like oh geez i have bills but and you know one year i also eventually had a car although it wasn't you know it was a really small car payment um minuscule by today's average <laughs> standards but uh uh and insurance and some of those things so it's it's like you know that's uh and then like i said i do something dumb like <laughs> join drum and people corps go on the road when i can't work part of the year so it's like yeah yeah that that wasn't smart and then like you cj i'm digging out of a hole or wondering how I got there and then digging myself out of a hole. And it's like, Oh, okay. And it, you know, it, it certainly happened that, that, that wasn't a one-time lesson learned. It was, <laughs> there's been a couple periods like that where, you know, I've, I've made a mistake or miscalculated in thinking that, Oh yeah, I could do this. And then, mm. yeah, go into debt. And then it's like, Whoop. and yeah. So, I will say though that uh, with those things happening to me, that'll be one thing that I will teach my kids, which, I mean, like I said, it was never taught to me. I never, I thought, you know, if I don't pay these things, they just go away. Right. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. A lot of people think that nowadays, (laughs) you know, honestly, I thought that I literally thought that if, if I don't see it, it don't exist. (laughs) (laughs) It's so true. It's like the old, you know the old joke it's like how can i be out of money i still have checks right exactly so it's like wait i can't be out of money i still got a stack of checks that i could write kind of thing and isn't that free money (laughs) yeah Yeah. exactly Mm -hmm. i mean antiquated notion antiquated reference reference (laughs) i i realize but same yeah, who writes right? checks anymore? I'm down to to like my grandma. <laughs> uh, I I write I write my water bill, garbage, and then an occasional check here and there. So I have a it? piano teacher, piano teacher who's just recently signed up for like pe- 
PayPal or Venmo or one of those things, but Thanks. only just convince them. Uh, no, surprisingly. I mean, I asked and it was like, no, I'll just take a check. Okay, fine. Yeah. Like check. that's the one. Yeah. <laughs> but that's how they roll. You, I can't tell you how many times that uh, I tried writing a check and I would like stop and just look at it like, <laughs> What am I supposed to write here? <laughs> they taught me this in fourth grade. Mine go back to fourth grade real quick. <laughs> and I, yeah. I always try to sign in my real name. I can't do that. I literally can't. I've There's about oh, five you- times in my whole life that I've ever signed my real name on a check or anything. Yeah. I, would- I don't, I don't sign that out. If you look at my, uh, Driver's license, it's signed the way I sign everything. That, that's okay. all you got to do, even on a check. Yeah. Well, I thought, you know, back then that yeah. you had to put your real name on there or they wouldn't know because the, obviously I, my I, bank thing says my real name and it's not the real name being put on it. Like there's something yeah. up, but yeah, no. I learned quickly that I could just sign it. However, you could, they just need a scribble. Yeah. Honest. What was it? Somebody told me that uh, there's a lot of people that, uh, I mean, people that don't speak English, they uh, sign things with an X. Yep. Well, now I don't know if they still are, but I want to say, what was it? Man, it's like 15 years ago, probably longer than that. But um, a friend down in Texas, which was a teacher, because they were having so many problems teaching kids cursive and how to write their names and stuff that they would do an X right, right out of grade school. It's not learn how to sign your name and write it properly. It was like put an X and then write your name out or whatever. But the X counts as a signature. And they were like, yeah, they're doing away with cursive in schools. I was going to say, Jimmy G's dear girls, not a right yep. cursive. They learn how to, but that's private school too. I was going to say that's a hidden talent. Nobody else is going <laughs> to have. Wait. Yeah. So if people don't know how to write in cursive, do they sign in regular? Just write their name. Yeah. They just write, you do an X and write your Lock name. Printed. And a lot of times, that's what printed. It's printed. Yeah. A lot of times it'll get like notarized or initialed by someone that witnessed it. Depending on what kind of document it is, they may just have someone like, the bank tellers always a bunch of them are notaries or something and you, they can do an X and then they'll come over and notarize it. Mm. Yep. Depending on how official it is, okay. you know, what, what, how, or, you know, like a bank loan or something like that compared to just writing a check, but yeah, but a lot of them have all just learned. They just got to do a scribble and it counts. So. How did you forge this X? (laughs) (laughs) Which X? All right. Favorite melee weapon if you could carry anything you want. And the thoughts start rolling. Double-ended lightsaber. (laughs) You said anything. <laughs> yep. I suppose that's it a is. melee. I mean, I don't. It's a melee weapon. Fight me. <laughs> <laughs> what are you going to fight him with, Jimmy? 
I was gonna say uh, Phantom Menace, Dark Darth Maul's lightsaber, to be exact. Would <laughs> <laughs> uh, Excalibur stand up to a lightsaber? I would say yes. Excalibur be beats out a lightsaber any day of the week. You wouldn't be quick enough. Come on, you wouldn't have legs, son. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, but didn't he get chopped in half? I believe he got chopped in half. Yes. Yeah. By Obi-Wan. And then yeah. got turned into a spider. They, t- they turned... Didn't they put that in the anime or something? Yeah. Yeah, well, I'm just going to put it out there. They they downplayed Darth Maul way too much in that movie. But he, he still got been, cut in half. Yeah, I don't care. He should have been in more movies because that character could have been so badass. And they fucked it up. <laughs> <laughs> That's why the prequels suck because they took out Darth Maul. <laughs> that's well, not the only reason, but that's one yeah, reason. Yeah, yeah. I mean, because like literally, you don't need to watch the first movie. That that first one, right? Like, because it like doesn't necessarily tell too much. You can get the rest of it by. I watched it not too long off. ago, and it doesn't really talk about anything. All you need to watch is a pod race. <laughs> that lightsaber fight well there yeah. is you can google it there's some like which order to watch the star wars movies mm-hmm. in and it's there's two different routes like one is start with a new hope and then go back to two and three and then five six you know it kind of sets up all that stuff together and there's so but a I think both of them just cut off. Like you don't have to watch the first one because it really doesn't do anything from a plot perspective. I still like that lightsaber fight. Come at me. (laughs) (laughs) It was a good one, but yes. That's probably one of the only good parts of that whole movie. Yes. Maybe a good hatchet. I don't know. Good, a good hatchet. You went from Excalibur or, to uh, hatchet? Tomah- Tomahawk. No, I, I mean, there's something about... Actually, you know, a, a samurai sword sounds cool. Like a katana. Yeah. See, I already have the hatchet. I already got the... I like got and the, a shillelagh. Yeah, yeah. See, there, there it is. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. You ever use that thing? Yes. What do you do with it then? What do you mean? What do you I just do bash that? things? Just come over to a tree and like the kid, like the little kids. I, I, I don't think we can go. Can we go that? Yeah. Well, put it this way. It can kill a pig. And if it can kill a pig, that gave me the knowledge that I can do anything. Actually, that and the war club can kill a pig. I was asking, have you used it to do these things? Yes. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. They both have killed a pig. Just one? Just one. Yeah. Pussy. <laughs> <laughs> I'm a... P- <laughs> oh, good enough. How, how did we go from there to there? <laughs> what? I'm just fucking with you. I don't know. CJ, in your hunting skills or farming skills, how many critters have you killed? Guns, weaponry, anything. Have Nothing. have you killed anything? 
No. Yeah. Uh, Other than uh, plants. Mouse? Oh <laughs> uh, yeah. Quite a fucking few mice. A few mice? So your With level is mouse. Your hunter level is mouse. I'm and not you're calling fucking good at it. And you're calling me a pussy for I don't have a shillelagh to do it with, so. <laughs> and the animals that I was around, you're not supposed to kill, like horses. That was, those yeah, are the ones I were kill around. Those. Horses it's hard to fucking kill, too. I don't think. Do you think a shillelagh could kill a horse? Oh, yeah. Wait, are their skulls thicker than a boar's? I don't know. But I wouldn't want to, but I'm saying no, you could. Fuck no. They're like they're like right after a good dog. I was gonna say, yeah. We're talking dog, about farms. I was around those kind of farms, like racing horse farms. Yeah. I was not around well, I mean I have been in livestock farms. I've done yeah. electrical at uh Iowa State. You wanna talk about pig farms, the elect- at Iowa State pig farms? Oh, there's yeah. probably a ton. Ooh, that's fucking nasty. Did you ever pee shit. on a wire? Did I <laughs> on a horse wire? <laughs> no, I, I, it was mandatory that if you're gonna be at my grandfather's farm, you have to hold on to one. Yeah, yeah. About piss myself. <laughs> Should have just peed on the wire. Yeah, I'm good. I'd rather not have the shock to my dickhead. Oh <laughs> uh, man. Wish I was around when you were out there. I'd have gotten you to pee on the wire. <laughs> I I'd have found a way. I was almost eight. I almost got my hand bitten off by one of my grandfather's horses. So I think that was enough. Yeah. Never almost kicked, but they were biters. Biters. There were there were some mean fucking horses he had. Nice. Yeah. So what are you going with? I, I was thinking about this earlier because I, I already have like several type stuff and yeah, I would I, like my first gut instinct is just say a big ass Warhammer. Yeah, yeah. I would like I to have a Warhammer. I have, and I'm not talking like the massive wow type hammers. I'm talking an actual, but um. A good Warhammer would be nice. A couple of them. And it's, it fits my personality. Yeah, that sounds about right. I was going to say it fits things that exist. Uh, the sword from uh, Troy that Achilles had oh. was so badass. I love that fucking sword. That's a cool sword. sword and shield. If I could have those, that would be amazing. Yep. Very useful. Yeah, you know, and then like my second pick is like if if it was I wanted to I want the real thing the Conan sword from yeah. when Arnold was Conan, yeah, just yeah. because that's a cool sword. It's a bastard two and a half. Yeah, so if I could have that sword and a good war hammer, I I'd be I'd be quite happy. <laughs> if I could have a real lightsaber. yeah but you'd probably end up cutting your leg off or something i put a hole in the wall easy well definitely put a hole especially with a double-sided cut yeah cut through your house like 
I know you know what I'm talking about here. First day, what is it? The flag guys. What what's that part of the drum corps where they're twirling whatever yeah, the, yeah, the, the drum guard. major guys with their big stick? Oh yeah, yeah. And yep. then it's the first day. They really don't know what they're doing, and they're hitting themselves. And that's how I picture CJ yes. with that double lightsaber. <laughs> yeah, they're spinning that mace or that baton. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, that's <laughs> comes down, and then cut half of his house is gone. <laughs> like worth it. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> okay, axe. <laughs> Worth it. All right. Now this last one is more of a thought. You know, I was reading, I was going through IG, and this is uh Bronson Lee Norton, and uh he's written for BR before and a follow-up on there, and and he kicked this one out and, and it got me thinking. So I wanted to know your guys' thoughts. And this is him talking to me. An ideal society would be designed in this way, a social landscape where you are both predator and prey free to roam, free to win or lose on your own accord. Anything else is just farming. What do you think? You think he's going down the right path there? Or is that too close to anarchy? Sounds like cavemen. Yeah, I mean, I could, I could certainly see that uh, where somebody would think that that's a uh, that path leads to anarchy, but right at, at the best, the truest sense, or the best sense that it's a true meritocracy in a lot of ways, right? I mean, it's survival of the fittest kind of thing or whatever you want to call it. Um, and I think there's a lot more to that. I think it'd be a more civilized society than people that than at first you would think, because, you know, there are agreements and, you know, there's a time where you're somebody's word made, meant something and right. Things were done on a handshake or a, a discussion or over a meal or whatever. I mean, you know, it's like, or maybe it was over some period of time, but there's, you know, sort of some unspoken rules or about how games are played sort of thing. And, you know, you think all throughout history, there's been just like we were talking on billions. There's all throughout history. There's been power brokers and negotiations and pledging loyalty and fealty and all these sorts of things and alliances. Um, and at the same token, too, right? You you make your own way, whatever that means. However, you do that. Um, and if you're shady or you're not trustworthy or people perceive you, you know, eventually, if enough people perceive you as untrustworthy or shady more of a predator all the time, you know, maybe people don't deal with you. And then where are you going to, you know, you lose power that way. And it's like, Oh, well, I need to, maybe I need to <laughs> moderate or maybe that's what you want. And then it works for you. I mean, there's outlaws and not. So I, I think there's, there's something to that, or at least there's something appealing to that idea where it is based on the effort my the efforts of or the fruits of my labor i should enjoy those things whatever that labor is 
everyone has to me i'm assuming some of this but you know to me there's there would be like um shit now i just lost my train of thought but uh uh there are some built-in things that would come about in such a society it would be it would it wouldn't be about equality but there would be equal right equal opportunity to do what it to do a thing everybody's got total freedom so you got to do whatever you can to survive yeah and there's no guarantees at the outcome right i could i could try some venture of any kind any endeavor of any kind there's no guarantee of the outcome but that's kind of how life is and should be right and there would be less security so you would have more freedom so I think that people's priorities would go to things that are actually like immediate, like survival. That would be more, you'd be more worried about that than anything. So all the, all the little, you know, all the little shrink, right? Yeah. All the little problems that we think are problems aren't, they're nothing anymore. It's like, how am I going to get my next meal? I got to hunt. I could be hunted and I could be killed to take over my land. With this thought, can civilization exist? See, you're going right to taking civilization out of the picture. Could it still exist? Or is everything down to a hunter-gatherer village type going full caveman? Can you still have a society that works? I mean, and if you don't have civilization, you don't have electricity. You don't have power. You you put everyone back to this. You don't have industry. You have fewer craftsmen. You have tighter guilds. You have, you know, things just like living off the grid. Is it, or can you have this mentality living within civilization? I see you working. I see what you're doing. <laughs> but I think you, I think on some level you can. Um, it may not look exactly the same as we is uh, as, as it looks today, but I think at least there's that possibility. Um, because that first, the first thing, right, is kind of saying that there's some social, what is it? There's a social, a social landscape where you're both predator and prey. Yeah. I mean, to me, I mean, right. As you said that I thought of like a watering hole in the, in Africa or something, right. It, there's a point at which everybody like needs, truth. yeah, truth. everybody needs to, but even in that, even showing up there, like you can, you can still, still alligators uh, and crocodiles. I mean, crocodiles. yeah, you could still be eaten. Like just because everybody's here and the joints jumping <laughs> doesn't guarantee that we're all friends and that, you know, we aren't going to uh, fall back on our baser instincts. Um, but, you know, that could be social and everybody's there and, you know, you could still operate in that um, and cities could, could, theoretically be like that 
I was going to say, uh, in your workspace, there's kind of, it's kind of like that. There's always a power struggle for say, there's the people that are predators that are trying for the top and there's the prey and the people that just get, everything gets pushed on yeah. like the you know, bottom of the pecking order. Really? I was going to say that's everywhere. It's just, it's a power struggle. It's just a different way of it. I don't know. What do you think, Nate? Well, the, the part of that got me really thinking is in an ideal society. And then I think this would be a fun one to actually, and I should work to see if we can get him on and talk about this some more and like get some background. Really dive into it. Dive into it because to me, that ideal society could work as long as there's a civilization somewhere. You know, you got to have this feeder, just like cities can't survive without farms. They can complain all they want to. City folk can complain about how animals are treated or this or that or everything. But at the end of the day, without farms, without the way they harvest, without the way they do things, they'd all starve. The fancy foods they want, everything is done by somebody someplace. The city can't survive without the farmers and the growers and everything. And he has that at the end. It goes, anything else is just farming. But the predator or prey type guys can't survive without the farmers. So you have a little bit of choice, but I mean, that's where we're at now. You got a lot of people going to van life or going out into the deserts or going to find property or whatever. They're escaping the cities and taking that, but they still need to support a civilization. You know, even inside the tribe, a lone person can only survive for so long. Are there exceptions? Are there those one-offs? Yeah. But overall, that's not who the stories are written about. Why? Because they went and died alone someplace by themselves. You know, even in the thing, you know, it's like there's not just going to be women wandering around randomly. Where are you going to find them? They're going to find the strongest guy and they're going to conjugate around those, you know, the tribes built out. There's a reason for the tribe. So I think, and even that in a society, he, I think he's saying more people. So thinking more of a tribal system you know, what early America possibly was to a certain degree for some of the nomads, like your nomadic types. But um, when I'm reading this, and I don't think um, John Norman wrote the series of gore, and this concept fits that um, landscape. There were cities, but for the good portion of the world, it's like you could wander. You could go out into the wilderness. There's stuff like sort I like, like the water the frontier. Or the, yeah. yeah, you there. You still had these frontiers and move freely and do stuff. But hey, you crossed the wrong people. You could end up killed, yeah. or you could hook up with the nomads, or you could. You know, there was allowed to travel, and they respected strength and honor, and you know th- that all played a role. And one of the big things in the books is they talk about a homestone. You know, each person that owned property, owned, they'd have a homestone. Well, you never messed with a man if he was carrying a homestone. 
it was like a sacred item. It's like the one thing that everyone would curse you for. It was like, that's your get out of frail, you know, get out of um, jail free card. If you're traveling from one place to the other for whatever you're moving, you don't rob that guy. Even the bad guys know that's not the guy you rob. You don't, don't mess with them. So I, that's how I pictured that society. And if people have written the book, read the books, it's like, that would be the closest I could come to that ideal, but it had a good mixture of you had cities where all the industry is, and that helps support the guys that don't want to live in the city and then vice versa. The guys that can go hunt. I mean, even think about it. Um, Look at the 16, 1700s when everybody wanted fur coats. The, the people in the city would never have had those if the hunters weren't out there gathering them. Yeah, if you didn't have somebody on the frontier making that stuff happen. Man. Right. You know, if you didn't have people driving through so you still have that, it's almost like you're the fringe of society. You know, and there's a neat, a neat thing on there. And it's, um, yeah, it's like, well, how big of a society do you think? I mean, how free or whatever you know liberty versus freedom but yeah then you can get a toothache can turn into an abscess tooth and then end up killing you where if you go with modern medicine you can go in and get it fixed and you're you're on with life you know the smallest thing can take you out but you're truly free compared to you know it's it's it goes back to that balancing of how much freedom are you willing to give up for safety the gilded cage, which I've yep. talked about before. Yeah. Impossible balancing act. No, I, I disagree with that. Okay, because uh, history has been no, able no. to balance it out so far. I, I'm I'm saying up on a personal level, you yeah. can balance it out. On a society level, I agree with you. Because, but, yeah, I, was, yeah. I was more talking about the big picture, not picture. personally. Yeah. But that's where I wanted to split that because I think any person can find that balance of how much do you want to this or whatever, and then move to it. But as a society as a whole, I don't know. Go look at the 10 cities in California and see what the, you know, how are they surviving? You know, but they're surviving city in uh, Denver. Denver. (laughs) There is no city. It's on the sidewalk. Yeah. (laughs) It's the weirdest fucking shit. So, you know, but they're surviving. They're some of the freest people. Yeah. But, and they're surviving, but it's like, and some but of them chose it. society to some extent. Yeah, well, right. But, you know, they don't have anyone to answer to necessarily. Or I mean, I, I get that. I, I, I like the idea of you know, and I think that's lost certainly in today's society, right? Is the notion of personal responsibility, right? We, we try and whether it's the stock market or <laughs> the food we eat or whatever, it's like, we got to take all the risks out of everything because people, right? We don't want people to take responsibility for their own lives. And it's like, well, no, that's kind of where that's how a life is lived, 
right? You, you take risks, you ask a girl out, you ask, a, you know, or you get a loan or start a business or like, it doesn't, there's all, there's risks on a, a number of different levels in a number of different ways that we're all responsible for. And yet somehow as a society, we want to try and absolve ourselves of the personal responsibility, pawn that off on anybody else or anything else. And so, you know, that notion of it's a level playing field. I could be prey predator and prey. Like I said, that's, that's where my head was going. It's on a personal level. You can balance that. How comfortable am I, you know, taking risks versus needing safety and security. Now me and my two young girls, that changes that equation. Um, you know, whether versus if it was just me kind of thing. I mean, but at the same time, I think we should, that's how we, should, how we should live. Like, let me let, I should make my decisions for me, my family, whatever. And, and I take responsibility for that. And if I totally swirl right down the toilet because of something, some decision I made, some choice that I made, that's on me to fix. I shouldn't expect you guys to, bail me out or to I'm not going to blame you or whatever the case may be. Yeah. I think ownership is a key point. You know, we talk about that more than once. It's what's the word I'm looking for. Um, it's, it's not, it's, it's allowing others to make all our choices for us. You know, you, you, you rush to a collar, you rush to becoming a slave because then you don't have that responsibility. Oh yeah. You'll take care of this. All right. Take ownership for yourself. And then, I mean, there was even a discussion on dueling on Twitter today. And I'm like, you know, that would solve a lot of problems if people could just fight it out and move on. You do away with a whole bunch of these stupid court cases. It's like, you know, I, I, I'm thinking about the coffee chick that dropped the coffee on her. Like the head of the CEO comes out with his champion and says, fight him. <laughs> you pick your champion. I pick mine. If you win, I give you a million dollars. You lose, you go away and don't bother us. You know, that would just I'm be fun. Celebrity boxing, but it's. Yeah. Yeah, I would be down with that. You know, just in the, at one time, people had champions that they couldn't fight or defend themselves or whatever, that they could hire one or they had their champion or people would fight for these prestigious places for that purpose. Oh, he insulted. Here's my champion versus your champion. Okay. There'd be a hell of a lot less fake people then. Yeah. I think that would clean up society a lot. <laughs> well, yeah, I mean, there's... Right. There's, I think that's, that, that's the, that's, you know, that's a very, very good point. CJ. I mean, a lot of it's about authenticity. It's something that we're missing today and whether, you know, you see it on social media, you see it on all these places, right. You, it's like, we know, like, we know it's curated. We know the experience that's being presented isn't what's real. And, um, and yet, you know, it's like nobody wants to be authentic because you have to face reality and who wants to do that. 
And I think, um, you know, the other on the other or one other thing too the thought that came to mind is, you know, people. I, Lord knows, I want it easier. I oh shit. I wish I I didn't have to work, and I just somebody just gave me money to do whatever the fuck I wanted to do, and I'll just wake up when I wake up, hit the gym, hang out with my girls, and all that stuff. And but it gets boring. You know, the, yeah, the reality is, is at the end of the day, like deep down, like maybe not that first day, that first week, that first month. It may take a while, but deep down, you, you just you're not living life because you're not producing anything. You're not creating anything. It takes away any motivation to do anything. There's no creativity. There's no zest. There's no energy in life because you're just living. And it's like, and, but people want to be useful, even if it's not necessarily, you know, who knows if they want to contribute to society, but people you, you, you want to be create. You want to create. You want to do. We're built to move. We're built to. <laughs> we are a predator, and we're built like one. And so it it's not good when we sit around and we get fat and we get lazy and tired, and that presents a whole bunch of other problems. So, you know, uh, for all the, like I said, as much as I'd love to. <laughs> have all these things provided for me in so many ways it's having to go out and do these things and create and add value to the world. That is, that's where the energy is. That's where life is, but there's also risks in doing that, that we need to be willing to accept the consequences of. And that's where natural selection helped out used to. Yeah. No longer is the case. Now they get in welfare checks. Yeah. <laughs> it's well seven thousand dollars stimmies. <laughs> Stimulus. Exactly. No, but it's interesting. I, I think I think Bronson has a good thought going there. It's a it's a deep there's a lot of different pathways you go right at its core. Right when I first read it, I'm like hundred percent agree. And then it started working on my brain some more, and I'm like, well. There's more to it. You know, there's there's always more to it. To it. But I, I think the, the key component is like I was talking. Each individual can decide how much of a balance or should be allowed to choose how much of a balance. Like there should be sections of the United States that's no man's land. Not anarchy land, just no man's land. It's not owned by anyone. You can go out there. You want to pitch your tent here? Fine. Someone comes along and goes, I like your spot. I want it. Well, now you're having a fight over it. You know, okay, you you purposely went into this area, da, 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 da. But at the same token, it's like, all right, but now I can come back over here and, hey, how much for these skins? Or how much for this? Or I found a little bit of whatever mineral or whatever, Go back to town, get your supplies, go back out again. It's like you need that. You need the balance of civilization with a touch of the wildness on the other side. You can go live in the hills in West Virginia. (laughs) (laughs) Well, isn't I think no, they're in regular Virginia. I was going to say that's where Scott and Jerry are. Yeah, he's in Virginia. Virginia. So and they both got the hills over there. Yeah, you don't go there. Outsiders do not go there. Go there. 
We're gonna start healing dueling Yeah, dueling batches. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> uh, which is always funny because one of them was a guitar. Yes. Really. It took me years to let that one sink in, but yeah, the kid was playing a banjo. The other guy was playing a guitar. Yeah. But I think it's the song was named that. Yeah, it's called Dueling Banjos. So. Well, and on that note, everybody enjoy some doodling banjos in their life and hope you enjoyed (laughs) another episode. Indeed. That was fun. Oh, yeah. Thanks for listening to this episode of the Barbarian Rhetoric Podcast. I hope it's giving you something to think about in your own quest to develop a barbarian mindset. Because it's with this mindset that you'll find the skills, strength, attitude, will, and endurance to see things through and live within the civilization and still be a barbarian. We appreciate your feedback. We especially appreciate those who have been supporting the podcast. That's the Barbarian Rhetoric Podcast. On our website, on Anchor FM, and on Spotify. You can find the show notes on the blog or anchor.fm slash barbarian rhetoric. If the podcast has been helpful to you, please let us know. You can do this by checking into the Apple Podcast app, give us five stars, and leaving us a short review. This will help us get our message out in front of many more people. You can also talk to us on social media and let us know what you are thinking about or how this has helped you. On Twitter, I am at Steel Jans. That's S-T-E-E-L-J-A-N-Z. And I'm also on Instagram at Barbarian Rhetoric. There's also a couple other things you need to check out. One is the Barbarian Rhetoric blog. And of course, our newsletter. There's a pop-up which you'll see as soon as you land on the blog. Thanks for listening. And always remember to be a barbarian in a civilized world. An apex predator.